Welcome back, everybody. Episode 11 of Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott. Day before Thanksgiving, Scott. What a big sports week and just a sports sports next couple days. I mean, this is an American tradition. I thought twice about maybe just coming over on Thanksgiving and recording the show, but, you know, it's family day and, you know, day to drink some beer and uh, watch some sports. Right. Got to do some family stuff on Thanksgiving. And we're going to respect that. However, there are a lot of sports traditions to pay homage to in Thanksgiving, particularly football. What's, what's your favorite thing about it, though? What's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving Day football tradition? About thanks, specifically about Thanksgiving? Yeah, or it could be anything. Football? It could be anything about football. So know? nothing to do with sports. It could, does it could that be anything. Do with, it, could be it, could anything. Be it could be throwing the football out. That, that, would be, that was mine. Throwing the football around the yard, watching the Lions lose. Um, there's just a number of different things here. Okay. So favorite Thanksgiving characteristic, and it doesn't have to be sports related? Yeah, just, just go for it. Okay. Well, I really enjoy that feeling you get after you eat a bunch of turkey. The tryptophan, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, tri- the tryptophan. But it's like a, it's like a, a lullaby. Hoax. What? It's a big hoax. No, it's not. That's science. No. I'll bet you anything. I don't know. Tryptophan is not it's not true. We'll look it up during a break. Fair enough. Well, it, it's not even tryptophan. It's you eat a lot. It doesn't have that's, to be that's tryptophan. That's what it is. There's enough. There is just as much tryptophan found in every other meat as it is in turkey. But the thing is, you don't eat usually two pounds of We just pack chicken. ourselves on Thanksgiving. Yeah, you just overgorge yourself. Now, while we're on this, before we get to sports, which we're going to do here in a minute... What's better as far as eating, as far as eating goes on a holiday, Fourth of July or Thanksgiving? Ooh. You basically have could dark I get the, meats. Could versus, I get the Fourth of July atmosphere with the Thanksgiving food? Oh, see, they don't match though. That here's so, the, the atmosphere of summer the, and enjoyment. And I don't like have stuffing. any. I don't have any attachment to the the holiday of Thanksgiving, but you have attachment to the Fourth of July. It's a nation's great birthday. That's that's what you care about. It doesn't matter about Thanksgiving. I was pilgrims and, and crap like well, that. See, that's the story more than the atmosphere. When you say atmosphere, I think it's summer. Exactly. That's what I mean. But what it's about the, the whole- atmosphere of Thanksgiving? It is the weekend appetizer to Christmas. Uh, I get what I you're think- saying there. I, I see where you're going with that. I see where you're going with that. But personally, I would rather have the warm weather, the fireworks, the the friends and family and the, the one big party rather than sitting around a table overstuffing yourself and then go watching a crappy football game. Right. But in this case, this year, Scott. It's a little better this year. There are going to be some good football games. Fair enough. And what do we think about that Redskins-Cowboys matchup? A lot of buzz has been going on. I don't want to spend too much time on it now because I feel like when the majority of people listen to Perpetual Sports Talk Episode 11, It'll be the, after. the game's going to be done. But we can touch on it for, I don't know, a minute or two or three. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, the Cowboys, I think there's no secret to what they've been doing all year and what they'll be doing going into this game. Um, it's just Elliott running all over the field behind that massive offensive line, um, the best offensive line in the league. Um, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Again, listeners, if I'm wrong, come harass me for it later. Um, after. But the Redskins are traveling on a short week. That's always tough. Um but both offenses are rolling now, um, Cowboys and R-Words. Um, 
You know, so it'll, it'll, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I don't think it'll come down to defense. I think it'll be coming down to Elliott having a few touchdowns. Hopefully, uh, Jones will be able to get in the end zone, and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, I think that's what happens when you have two, I don't want to say mediocre, but average at best defenses, because that's what the Cowboys and the Redskins are the working with. They're, they're both average defenses, and you have two high-caliber quarterbacks in Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. And I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. Everybody's probably going to disagree, but you don't have just one high-caliber running back in Ezekiel Elliott. You also have a high-caliber running back in Fat Rob Kelly. Fat Rob he's, Kelly. He's you know, only been <laughs> he in there a heck couple, of a game last, last week. Only been in there a couple games, and he's averaging five yards a carry. You know, granted, again, small sample size, and then a couple of the big 40-yard runs like he had versus Green Bay will, you know, throw off the average a bit. However, just the way he moves, you know, he's not going to be nominated for MVP like Zeke very well might end up doing. Right. But it's going to be two good running backs running all over the field on Thanksgiving. Would you call Fat Rob Kelly a good running back? And before I know my, my fact checkers out there that are listening, I did say Matt Jones before. So I did mean Rob Kelly. Good old fat Rob. Wait, just just now you said Matt Jones? I said Matt Jones before. Like just I, was, I said hopefully Ezekiel Elliott will get in the end zone or I said I'll probably Ezekiel Elliott will get in the end zone a few times and then hopefully um Rob Kelly. Well I said hopefully Matt Jones will. Oh, I'm I didn't confused. You didn't even catch that, did you? I didn't even. Well, I don't listen to you a lot of the time. Yeah, so that's enough. probably what it was. Fair it just right just tune over to me. You're thinking about what next you're going to say next. My bad. I gotta. I gotta be a better, be a better co-host. I guess. I think the Redskins win this game by neutralizing Zeke. I think they have to rush. I think they have to the the blitz. I think they have to do the, you know, from Remember the Titans. You will blitz all night. I think that's sort of the secret to the victory here. I put some pressure on the rookie Dak, and you're gonna have to double team. You're gonna have to double team Dez. You'll have Norman on him. That's awesome. But you know, challenge, challenge Dak Prescott. See if he can find Witten. God, I hate that guy. Um, Doing it forever. Yeah, Redskins killer. But I think that's. Uh, I think that's how the skins beat. The Cowboys tomorrow. No, yeah, we'll just we don't have to preview it, but I want to go through two scenarios before we move on. Sure. Where do the Redskins stand if they win tomorrow versus where do the Redskins stand if they lose tomorrow? So, well, listeners, NFC, you can fast forward if you wish. NFC East has has been tough this year. I mean, you got the the Cowboys sitting at nine and one, the Giants sitting at seven and three, and then the Skins back a half game at yeah. six three and that stupid tie that. They'll keep haunting us, I think. If they win tomorrow, do they honestly have a legitimate shot at winning the NFC East? No, I don't. I don't think so. You don't are, think you, so? are you asking me that? Yeah. I don't think so, no. No. They'll put Dallas at 9-2. and two. The Giants still have to lose a few games. I mean, no, I don't think so. I think they'll be in the wild card. It'll bring them to 7-3 and three if they – and 7-3-1 and one if they win. I mean, I think that's a fighting chance, and honestly – I don't think the Cowboys are winning out the rest of the season. I don't think. No. I don't think if they won out win. the rest of the season. They'd be one of the best teams in the history of football. Exactly. They so, won nine straight games. So I'm using sort of an odds thing here. Okay. I don't know if you, you say remember. the law of averages comes back to the correct. Game. Correct. I don't know if you remember, but back in week three, when the Redskins were zero and two, 
and the Giants were 2-0, and and they were meeting up in the Meadowlands, and we said, is it really possible that the Giants are a 3-0 and team and the Redskins are an 0-3 team? No, it's not possible. So that's that was my basis for picking the Skins that week because 1-2 Skins versus a 2-0 Giants seemed a, more, you know, a little more plausible. And I think the Redskins are better than a 6-4-1 team, which is what they'd be if they lose tomorrow, which I don't think they're going to do. Also because I don't think the Cowboys are capable of winning 10 in a row. I just don't think that. Well, that's just that's just a numbers thing. I think each game is mutually exclusive, um, and you're using the law of averages from to say to make your bets, which is not bad. I mean, which is not bad. Eventually, they will lose. Yeah, and why not tomorrow? Yeah, why not tomorrow? However, by the time most of you listen to this, the game will already be done. I don't know. Maybe this conversation will still sound pretty cool. <laughs> Probably not. So what are so what are we caring about? You know, what are we caring about this weekend in football? This weekend, or you want to you want to rewind to last weekend. Let's rewind. What do you got? Uh, you got the Mexican game, the good old. <laughs> what are you shaking your head over there for? It no, I I'm excited to discuss it. Go ahead. So we had Oakland versus the Texans in Mexico. Um, I think that came off as a huge success. At least everybody kind of had the same opinion on it. I personally think it went better than the games um, in London went. Um, begs the question, should we have a, uh, a team in Mexico? Um, everybody's talking about getting expanding a team. Where are the Raiders going to go next year? They're going to go to Vegas. They're going to go now to Mexico. They have a huge fan base down there. The whole, the whole city was um, very pro-Raiders. I don't know if that's the proximity to this, the – the stadium, or it's just the, the thug mentality that the Raiders come with? It certainly would make traveling a lot easier than having to go across the pond to London sure. for a team every but single week. It wouldn't week. make it any easier from where it is now or in Vegas. It's high altitude. It's it's still further, and I'm, the travel's got to be tough down there. I, I don't know how it is. Oh, I just mean comparing – what looks better for an NFL franchise team, London versus, London versus Mexico. Yeah. So I'm just saying travel purposes, if that's like a basis on whether you want to judge Mexico or London, we would go Mexico because that's just an easier sure. easier way to travel. That's, that's easy. Um, the Pro Raiders crowd, um, they're, they're, a soccer, they're a soccer crowd, and they act like it. You know, all the chants and jumping and, and that kind of thing. Um, I didn't realize during the game, maybe I wasn't watching closely enough, but laser pointers were a big deal. Really? Um, and they talked about that after the game. That's a that's a thing in, in Mexico um, when they have the big games where fans are bringing in laser pointers and they try and um, get them into their eyes, the players' eyes, to, hmm. to mess them up. Brock you mean Os- in soccer? In soccer, yeah. But Brock Osweiler was apparently affected, affected by it um, by talking about it in his, in his post-game press conference. Um, on a few plays, he was like, it's certainly not comfortable to have something shining in your eyes like that. Hmm. But that was interesting. Um, Sounds like an excuse to me. Yeah, because they, they lost, right? Yeah, that's like something Cam Newton would say after he loses. I don't know, but that's – I mean, how do, you, how do you go about that? That's just the way they are in Mexico. You're not going to obviously stop every single laser pointer from getting in there. Mm. Um, I feel like if the NFL wanted, it certainly could. Maybe, but I also don't think that's a reason to not 
move a team. Okay, that right. Players. That's not a tick. That's no. not a tick for no, no it, team in Mexico. No, of course not. I mean, that's not the deciding factor. It's all about money and fan base, and you know, can they build a a big stadium and sell gear down sell gear down there? Um, so okay. We'll, we'll see. Okay. Um, what would a team in Mexico be called versus a team in London? The Aztecas versus the something to do with as to Aztecas. Yeah, Aztecs or something like that. Okay, I think that's a pretty good one. I can't think of a London one. The London, like the the fish and chip eaters or something like that. Yeah, some something slurry. Something, maybe even steal from like some Scottish lore. Like the London Bravehearts, I guess that wouldn't make nah, sense. That's horrible. That's bad. That's horrible. Yeah. There's got to be a good London. The London, the London uh, Guards, the London. Do you have to change the name? Oh well. Do we I have? Mean, like if the franchise just moves. If it was the London Raiders or the the, I don't even know what city it was. I guess I wouldn't mind a name changing. Like like when the just I mean different sports, but when the Expos move to. Washington, sure. they're not going to be called the Washington X, but they're going to change it to where, you know, they're at geographically. Fair enough. And they're going to Fair go enough. into that culture a little bit. Okay. Yeah. The London that's Royals. That's not bad. The London Royals. Royals. Yeah. Okay. The London. The London Queens. The Queens. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> nice. No, but the Raiders were all set up to go into Vegas, and I, I called that. No, well, I didn't call it, but I saw that coming pretty early. Um, with you know their the movement and management and they were all getting everything set up they had to deal with the city and now we'll see we'll see what happens but i think oakland is going to be on the move um in the near future next year or two so yeah that's good for the league right i just i felt like yeah you know what's not good for the league what all these missed extra points Mm. man there there is something wrong with that dude Record. It's kind of a, a slide into the, the next topic. R- record set. Awesome segue, by the way. Yeah, really got to hand that one to you. Thank you. Yeah, record setting number for botched PATs 12. 12 extra point misses this past Sunday. And this rule, they slid it back. Um, so now they're kicking uh, anywhere between a 32 and a 33 yard field goal from just you know from the two yard line. It's it's the second it's the second year of the rule, so it's not like it's brand new. I mean, it's no, still, it's a new rule. What it, a dumb rule, man! Why don't you like this rule? Ah, uh, are you like? Do you like this rule? Is that why you're questioning me? I it the rule it doesn't bother you as much. The as rule it. makes me feel uncomfortable. However. And I know people don't watch football for the field goals or for the extra points. It's proven. That's that Americans don't watch football because of the foot aspect. We just don't. So in that case, I feel like it's the the extra point trying to steal some thunder. I think it does make games more exciting, though. No, I don't think a game should be decided by an extra point. If you score a touchdown, you should get the seven points. Then, Just it should be automatic. Okay, so then you don't want to have an extra point at all. You want to change. You want. I don't say, know why they changed it from where it was before. Um, I think the percentages were pretty good and well because it was, it was automatic. A, it was that's ab- something. It was less than one percent. It was less than one percent of of extra point attempts to be missed. Less than one percent, and now it's really not all that much different. It's 
it's in the 90s somewhere. I don't want to give an exact number, but it's I mean it's in the 90s. Oh, and they wanted well, the, of course it's high and all that, but the league Dude, I don't know, man. That's I mean 12 missed extra points, that's almost one per game. I think that is one per game. Yeah, well there was 12 games on Sunday. Yeah. Uh thir- 13 games. 13 games. Were there that many teams with a with a bye? I don't know. I don't know what it was, but either way, I don't think games should be up I mean, the kicker at the end of the game, I like how it is traditionally. All right. So you can compare, for example, you can compare baseball stats from today to the 1990s, the 1980s, the 1950s. You can't anymore with instant replay. Well, you still can, really. Yes, you can. Batting averages. How many, how home many runs. stolen, how many stolen bags were actually stolen before instant replay? Fair enough, but you can say that about all the sports. And, and that's why I think the closest we can get to it being traditional, the game is changing too much. The record books now it can't can be compared. Um, it's just, to me, it's not the same as it was. And, and I don't I don't agree with that. There's, there's this new strategy. And just kick the extra point, get the seven points, and move on. You know, And it shouldn't be a factor in these games. Um, they're yeah. trying to make it an incentive to go for two. I you know, so it's a closer percentage or something like that. I don't, I don't and understand to make that. It, and to make it more high scoring, even though it's only one point more high score, it's still higher scoring. And again, like I said, we don't watch football for kicks. Right. An extra That's what point I mean. is a little yeah. bit more. It, if you're just watching it, technically a two-point conversion has a little more buzz and it's it's a little more, you know, it's a little more attractive than just the – just the extra, just the extra point. A game shouldn't be decided in the second quarter when a field goal kicker misses a dang extra point. There, ha- there- that's when a lot of the games are decided. Okay, so you tell me if you feel like this is a high number, because games being decided by an extra point are 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 one point games, correct? That's what that means. Yeah. Or I'm gonna say ties. I'm just gonna throw that one in there. Okay. Now, so far in this season, this is week 12, there have been 11 one-point games and then two ties. So theoretically, there have there's really only been 11 games. No. I think that's a low number. Exactly. I think so that's is a it, low number. Exa- that's what I'm saying. So is this extra is this one measly point no, really I'm changing thinking, the game all that much? No, I when I, when I say by low number, I think that actually, you know, you say one point games, and that's good research and and ties and and, and one point games. But once a kicker misses an extra point, the game strategy changes. So really, in actuality, a team can lose by two or three or four, maybe even five or six, because an extra point they they had to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal that time. So really, I think that number is probably. I would say 25 or 30 so, of these games are being being decided by the extra point. So you Double just, that at least. So, Scott, if you're a commish. Yeah. Okay? Oh, I hate to be that job. You're, I'm not saying your first move, but would you like to see a touchdown be worth seven and then no such thing as an extra point, no such thing as a two-point conversion? No, I think it should be worth seven with a chance to have a two-point conversion. But it would be called the one-point conversion because you can't you can't make a, a nine 
one no, no, no. So yeah, nine. one point conversion. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. So right. it'd be seven points with a chance to make it eight. No, you're you're absolutely would, right. And we would then call it the one point try or the one point conversion. Yep. I think that's I think that's a great thing because guys, there's just no you, point in kicking a field goal. Anymore. But you are. No it's, it sounds like you're. Ve- it, it sounds like you're very anti-change the rules, and I feel like that's more of a drastic change in rules than just bumping back the kicker a couple yards. It's automatic, though. It's been automatic. You said, like you said yourself, it was 99% two years ago. So it, now it's 100%. You get seven points, and the game moves faster. There's less, maybe, I mean, there's no really injuries on extra points, but you can even use that as a factor if you really wanted to. Um, less injury. Um, you just go, we got one, and then move on to the kickoff. Think about yeah. how, how quick the game, how much quicker the games were. Yeah. How much time we waste. Once touchdown scored, everybody goes up and gets another beer. Anyway. Yeah, but not anymore. But not anymore. That's stupid. But it's excitement. That's what sports are about. It's excitement. A 33-yard field goal should be an automatic field goal. And Well, not I mean, when it's gale force hurricane winds like I get it was that. And that's the- why it shouldn't be a factor. It's exactly you're exactly my point. It shouldn't be a factor. I've, a, a little 6-2, 180-pound kicker shouldn't be the fact deciding factor in a game in the second quarter. I feel because like gale force wins. Okay. So we're uncomfortable with the rule. Yes, absolutely. I don't mind it simply because I don't mind it. Okay. You definitely hate I it. Hate this it. This is a very anti-Scott thing. I'm very, I'm very strong opinionated. Okay, we're gonna because re- theoretically, more games in the future are gonna be decided on an extra point. Obviously, we're gonna revisit this conversation with the NFL. Do you have anything? I have one more thing I want to talk about. Do you have anything else? Nope. I mean, Turkey Day. You got a few games on Turkey Day, but. We get that to weekend appetizer. Sure. Okay. One last thing. Kirk Cousins. Captain. Just beat, right. Just beating Green Bay Sunday night. Did he just lock himself with a long term deal? Just after. Did he just lock himself in with just his win on, on Green Bay? Cause Was this like the, the final like push? I'm not sure about that. Um,. I think he should have been signed before the season. Sure. I think we both agree that? on it. But this, but someone in that office Whether doesn't think, and it's probably. If he lost that game, he would have been. I think he should be signed. Well, yeah. I don't think McLuhan likes him a whole lot simply because Cousins isn't a McLuhan guy. McLuhan didn't bring Cousins in. And GMs are greedy like that. They want to see their team out there because that makes themselves look better. However, McLuhan's hands, I think McLuhan's hands are tied after this game. I think this was some sort of turning point in the career of Kirk Cousins and recent Washington Redskins lore. I would love it to be. I would love it to be our him to be our franchise quarterback for the next ten years. Let me I mean, ju- and, you? Yes, yes. Yeah. But let me just throw a little analogy at you. I think the Washington Redskins and Scott McLuhan, they're like the girl who, you know, the girl who has daddy issues, who's afraid to commit to like the good guy <laughs> who's gonna help him out. They're so oh, we, the Redskins are so used to being heartbroken. Oh, they're just comfortable with Scott that. Scott McLuhan's not though. He he's not a red he's not a life for Redskin. He right, but he wants to see his guys and Cousins isn't a McLuhan guy. That's all I'm saying. I think there's a little I think bit you're, of a risk. You're on a good track there. Do you like do you like that? I think do you're on a good track, but it's not like McLuhan wants us to lose and just like, all right, I want to bring in a worse quarterback. I'm a comfortable risk with being heartbroken. 
Yeah, well, we are as DC sports fans. We've That's talked right. about that multiple times. There is a It's just dark. like we expect it now. We just like it's just another thing we do. You know, we, we lose big games. And as much as we talked about they're mutually exclusive, it's just like we come to expect every single time. There's it's around this one time a year. Exactly. And then we have our just rant of why not only DC sports suck, but DC everything sucks. That's the a, Metro sucks. It's a tri yearly thing because the Nationals will blow it. The Redskins will blow it. The Capitals will blow it. I don't think we expect too much from the from the Wizards. I want to come back to this. We're going to move on. I want to come back to just D.C. in general when we talk just for two minutes about baseball. But for now, let's go down a level to college football. College football. It is rivalry weekend. Did you say rivalry week? Rivalry week. Rivalry week. Rivalry, rivalry week. Rivalry week. Rival, rival week. Strongest of the strong. Rivalry week. Strong enunciation. Strong enunciation. (laughs) Enunciation. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Well said, Bo Jackson. Rivalry weekend. Which are you most excited for? Do you have one in particular? I mean, I think that's an easy call. I think all of of college football has their eyes on basically one game. Um, which has a lot of impact on the college football playoff. A lot of implications. You know what I'm going to say is OSU or Michigan at OSU. That's right. And OSU hasn't lost or has only lost once in 12 meetings. That's pretty amazing. And they haven't lost at home, which they're playing at home. They're playing at the horseshoe. Haven't lost at home this matchup since 2000. That's pretty amazing. Now, that's pre-Harbaugh. So anything can happen under Harbaugh. I don't know. I, who are you? Who are you picking to win? Or do you want someone to win? No, I don't. I don't. I would like to see Harbaugh win. I don't. I'm really? not a big Urban Meyer fan. Or, see, no, I feel like nobody no outside really of the schools. No, no, nobody no. likes Urban Meyer Absolutely. or Jim Harbaugh. Nobody. Unless uh, they're I like Jim Harbaugh. I think he's a great coach. Yeah, I think he's the common here. man that's very smart in what he does, and and I can respect that. I think he's a booger eater. Don't you remember that? Wasn't that him? They caught him like picking his nose and then eating it. Who hasn't once in a while? Well, not on you know national <laughs> TV. With everybody, like, calm yourself, dude. You, you know, wipe it on your khaki pants that you're always wearing. Isn't that you can't a good wipe place? Wipe it on there. Where else are you gonna put it? It's the same pair of khaki pants. I saw some number that he gets like ten grand for clothing, That's and awesome. then he like just doesn't use it, and so there's extra income for him. Maybe it's not ten grand. I might be exaggerating, Obviously. but but I would like to see Ohio State win it because I just hate Urban Meyer less. Also, some good implications for the Big Ten Championship. If, if Ohio State beats Michigan, then Penn State jumps up to number one in the, in the Big Ten East. And yeah. I think that's cool just because, uh, you know, everything that happened with them was horrible. And I spent time like, ah, oh, Penn State, boo, awful, the Sandusky, and then, and then everything, you know, everything happening there, just bad. You know, the, the Coach Pa sign and – just bad, but now it's like every everybody's new here. You can't Got the Ashburn kid in there. That's right. At the helm, and you can't blame anybody involved now for what happened years ago. No, and of these not. and these oh, you know these not. kids, these coaches really reamped it in just the past couple of years. And I think it's I think it's kind of a cool story because you can't blame them for all the horrible stuff. That, they got nothing to do with it. They're just right. playing football. And so right now, Penn State is ahead of Ohio State in their. Division and so in their conference. Correct. So if Ohio State beats Michigan, correct, they will be in the college football playoff without winning their conference or even division. Right. Think about that one. 
This it, is it, well. It's a because whole other animal to talk about. By the way, yeah, it's just their. It's just the whole idea of two losses, but then everybody's gonna have two losses. Well, except for except for Ohio State, if Ohio State beats Michigan, because then they'll just have one loss. So then they would be deserving to be in the college football playoff and not necessarily. If Penn State loses. Well, no, Penn State. Okay. What, what are you talking about? So okay, so Penn State goes. Ohio State beats Michigan okay. this week. That's what we're talking about. Okay. That's step one. Penn State okay. has to lose then for this to be valid. No, no, no. Ohio State beats Michigan. So Michigan now has two losses. Ohio State is one. Right. Okay, but the one loss for Ohio State is to Penn State. So that jumps them ahead just in their conference, only in their conference. But Penn State has two overall losses, which is why Ohio State is still ahead of them in the college football You're playoff. Right. That's yeah. the X factor there. Yeah. They don't take into account, you know, out of conference games when determining the conference and division champions. True. Yeah. Just from an overall overarching standpoint, how screwed up is that system then? You know, how again, what so what is what solution is that? I mean, there are smart people working on this solution. Eight teams. And, and there's just okay, you can go to eight teams, you go to sixteen. Like, uh, what is that? The one double A does, the FCS does. I think they do 16 or even 32. I mean, they well, then the football season will go till it's crazy, go till April. It's absolutely crazy. And what solution is there out there? You know, I've heard, I've read up on this, and I've heard a lot of different scenarios. You know, only do football conferences, break it up into 10 conferences between the teams, or break it up into 12. 16 conferences and then have the winner of each conference play it's it's just crazy you know and that would be a huge money shake up and there's just there's so many different factors and there's bowl games and there's sponsorships and there's all this crap so how do we get around it how how do you make it a perfect situation without hurting some feelings and hurting well i don't care about that but hurting some teams that should be legitimately considered to, to not being in it because it's not fair how lesser conferences are in and better conferences play harder schedules, and it's not fair. I mean, it's sports; it's not fair. Right, but. and that and that's just what they're trying to do to the best that the best that they got. You know, they they go by the eye test, but the, and you know what? We don't know what goes on inside the hotel conference room either. Can you imagine some of the stuff that they talk about? Like I was thinking, you know, Ohio State. Or Sparty played Ohio State really tough this weekend, seventeen sixteen. So wouldn't that, when determining all this, wouldn't that be something they turn to and say, yeah, they have one loss to Penn State, and they almost lost to Michigan State, who's so garbage. Almost losses count. Do we have to go back to the schedule and then now do almost losses, or how bad teams beat other teams, and how so? Like now we're running up the scores, and it's just it's all weird. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I I don't think there's a perfect system. Just I mean sports aren't meant to be perfect. You could expand it to 18. Yeah, they're they're really not. Yeah, this is a whole have, other topic. If you have 18, the only thing wrong with 8 teams is then you have a, eight other teams whining about how they should be in the top 8. They're always going to whine. So, you know, you do something like 16 conferences in football and you take the top one from each conference. Yeah, but again, certain conferences are to- like for instance, Western Western Michigan is the only undefeated team that we got now. They're right, they they're eleven and zero. Right. Do they, they couldn't play an SEC schedule though? So 
You know, how do they do they deserve to be in? To, in the top four? No, because they no, play in the MAC. Of course not. Of course not. It'd be so how cool would they ever? How would they ever be in a national championship hmm. by playing in the MAC? How would they ever ever be able to compete? So are you well? It's just doomed that that's that's the MAC conference, and really the only teams designed to make it to the playoffs are five schools. Are the Power Five schools? So the Power Four schools plus the stupid Big Twelve. Big Twelve stinks. They're <laughs> shambles. And they have twelve teams. The more I the more I talk about it, the more I actually get on board with this. And I would like to hear people's comments and and think about. I, I've read about it. Break it into sixteen um, divisions, conferences by region or whatever. I mean, there are smart people in college football that can figure this out better than I can. Break this into sixteen evenly, and then play your out of conference schedule, play your rivalry games, um, play your whatever. But they don't really count. Um until we get to conference play and then you play in conference play and then the top one from each division plays in a playoff for a guy for a guy who hates change as much as you do scott you're really you're really shaking things up such a crappy situation so like what we had before in the nfl wasn't crappy we're not talking about the extra point wasn't a bad system now we're talking about a crappy situation where teams are getting screwed so, out of being able to compete for a national championship. So you're only for good change, not for bad change. Absolutely. But then how do you know that this 16-team conference – or si- I don't, I'm not, I'm sorry, I don't I'll have to research it more and I'll have to do you know, more homework on it. But it's better than – from off the top of my head of what I've thought about right now, it's better than what we've had. Mm. It's better than this crap. Talking about how – if this, if that, you know, that's that's just not a good solution. How? Yeah. how? yeah, but I feel like just a lot of teams, certainly teams outside of the Power Five, they just put their final goal as winning their conference championship. They just accepted the fact that we're, we're not going to be – if they're outside of the Power Five – Wouldn't they want to be in there? So that, now that's so the, say you it's break just it the plate of the it's right. a plate of the you know the say mid major program. Say you break it into sixteen divisions, and I'm I'm just wholly rambling on this, and this is a a thought. So Western Michigan, an undefeated team, right, is in a conference with Michigan. Now they get steamrolled by Michigan, and now it's settled. All right, they actually did not deserve to be in there. But see, your whole idea of making everybody have an equal shot. Is then com- completely defeated by the fact, like you just said, the teams that they're going to be playing in this imaginary 16 conference structure, they're going to get dump trucked by certain teams. You see what I'm saying? So you're trying to level the playing field, happens. but then they're going to dump but then truck you're other people. Not leveling the playing field. It's le- it's leveled as far as each conference has an e- equal shot, but then not each team could potentially. Well, they absolutely do. They have even more of an equal shot than you now. Now Western Michigan for in that in that world now has a shot to play Michigan and actually prove themselves. But like you now said, Western they're going to get them. So you, they are. They are from a football standpoint this year. Western Michigan will get rolled by Michigan, but that would be great because then they would have nothing to talk about. They go okay, you know. But if Western Michigan wins and now they have one win over Michigan, oh, now they're they're looking at uh, they're looking from the top down, right? You see what I'm saying? I'm I not saying this, but I, I, I have this saying. thought. I, and just keep, I'm keep rolling on no, it. No, no, it's good I'll thought. Take the whole time. It's, no, you're fine. It's I. I don't like the. I don't like the idea 
of trying to level out teams for the sake of just giving every team an equal shot. But but I understand how certain teams are just better, but then why not accept that and then just put those better teams in a better conference and then have a more entertaining 12 weeks than simply just the last couple? Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're still like, talking about conference realignment then. We're still talking about conference shakeup. I think there's nothing wrong with having just a dominant – I don't know. SEC, Yeah, ACC, I mean, I, I get it because I, I typically horrible. root against the SEC. But I feel like when you're just a – I don't know what I'm mm, – we're just – now we're rambling. Now, now I'm just, rambling. Now we're, I'm rambling. This is what makes good talk because nobody wants to hear all the matchups. You know, you got all the – Gators top will meet the Crimson nobody Tide cares. in the nobody SEC championship. <laughs> no, nobody cares. Yeah. Certainly something that we're going to talk about more, especially when the when the playoffs roll around in the new year. Other big matchups we got the Apple Cup, Washington at Washington, Washington at Washington State, Iron Bowl, Auburn Alabama, Florida FSU. See now we're just talking about the boring stuff. No, you're just talking about yeah. You're just talking about oh, all right. You got the Iron Bowl again. Hopefully, Davis will run a kickback and you know make it for another. Uh, Exciting game. Yeah, and then have a standing ovation for him when he walks into class <laughs> on, on Monday morning. Deserving. Um, other big news coming out of college football. Charlie Strong fired from wow. University of Texas. <laughs> Think about <laughs> The guy that hasn't even taken the job yet is already in the hot seat at Texas. I would not want that job. I just don't. You think couldn't pay me enough money to take that job. I want to be a head coach anywhere, <laughs> like for any. I don't want to be a little league head coach. Jeez, no, Louise. No, you really don't. It's not. It's not in this day and age, my friend. Like if they're, if they're even slightly above average, they're considered bad. You just oh no, we're you know we're we're supposed to be here. We're not here. Nobody's happy with. With anything, and that was the you know going back to Cousins. That was the issue with Cousins is that you know he he was he's not an elite quarterback, but he was an above average. It's like oh, but we you know we want to dominate. You got to be you got to just work with what you have. That's the sporting world, though. I mean, that's the the dog eat dog world. And I mean, Charlie Strong is a great coach. Let's be honest, he's a great coach, and he knows a lot more about football than you and I and ninety nine point nine 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 percent of this world. Man canned but he's getting canned like there's no perfect reason where she goes and he shouldn't even take it personally really i mean if i was him i wouldn't you know i did what i could i got my I made my money and i'll move on to a smaller team where i don't have as much pressure and i'll kick some butt i'm 100 percent positive the guys like Wes miles and charlie strong will be back at at the premier level and there's no doubt five. Well, power five or whatever, I, I can't say that. But they're going to be back, and they're going to win some ball games because they're smart football coaches. Yeah. yeah, they'll land somewhere. Just interesting news. And it's just, you know, it's tough to think. I remember watching the at the at the beginning of the season Notre Dame playing Texas, and it was, like, an exciting – it's like, whoa, what a Texas great – football what is a, back. What a great <laughs> football – Notre Dame – and then it turns out that both teams were really, really bad, but they Horrible. happened to play each other at the beginning of the year. I was excited because Texas had that big quarterback. And they had the freshman – well, the, the big guy, Bouchelle. Bouchelle. Who just run over people. And they had the little oh, white guy. That was Bouchelle. The little guy. The oh, the little white guy. The freshman was Bouchelle. And then right. the eighteen wheeler came in. Yeah, they it got was on coming the one and run down their throats. It was actually pretty exciting football. Yeah, but, but then they turned out to be a bad team. You lose a few games and you get canned. Like it's just crazy. 
it was yeah. crazy. It's weird how just everything happens so fast. But again, like you said, that's sports. And with that, we're going to step away from college football and move on to basketball. It's college basketball, man. How about it? Uh, we're back. We're back in the swing of things. The regular season moving on. Uh, we got the the few tournaments that uh yeah it's, that happen every year. It's not Those the real ones. swing of things when it's it these is, ridiculous tournaments. Everybody's getting tuned up, and that's they mean just as much. Yeah, yeah I guess for the t- starts, yeah people for start the getting t- in the regular rotation inside and stuff like the, that for sure inside the locker room and a part of the actual team. That's the swing of things for me. Just watching it on the couch, it's like you know no no now that we're four or five games into the season for teams. Teams are in the swing of things. Everything's rolling. Things are grinding. Um, you're fixing things. Guys are getting hurt. Um, players are coming alive. Seniors are stepping up. Freshmen are stepping up. It, it just everything's happening. It's just it's something is happening um, within college basketball, and that's great because that's just that time of year. Yep. Weather's starting to get cold. Yeah. And that's that's perfect to start playing in the gym. That's true. And bringing it back to what you said last week about. Team, good teams, young teams that will lose to bad teams and then will go on and beat good teams. We saw a great example with the Georgetown Hoyas lose to Arkansas State and then go and beat Oregon. And that's something that these tournaments do give us. It's a little bit of a shakeup. It's a shakeup and it's a little unnerving because, you know, college basketball doesn't start their conference play until. Well, that's how the tournament is. Those little Arkansas State teams are playing right. teams like that. And that's right. why it's good. Right. So it's the little it's it's good. The little sneak sort of – but it's just hard to get excited about, and then boom, something like that happens. Whoa, Georgetown loses to Arkansas State and then go ahead and beats uh, beats Oregon the you know next couple days. It just keeps it exciting. And that's that was my rant a couple episodes ago about college basketball in general. I don't care who's playing. I just want to see – Exciting, Good hoops. exciting game. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, just being George Mason graduates, I'm not I don't have hopes for the for the tournament this year. I just have hopes for watching good watching good basketball. Maybe maybe we can make a little name, the George Mason Patriots in the in the A ten. Sure, that's what you want that's what you want to do. You want to develop your, your young guys. Um, especially when you have a young team with, with a uh, fairly new coaching staff. Um Develop the young guys, um, play well. You're gonna lose, and just like George Mason lost, um, th- there'll be some tough losses. There'll be some bumps in the road. Yep, losing That's, to yeah, happens with a young team. Yeah, more so with a young team than even a team like Georgetown is experienced. Experienced, you know, that's hard in itself. But when mm-hmm. you have a young sophomore freshman laden team, then it just becomes more significant because these guys are young, 18, 19 year olds that have to understand. That playing against um, a lesser team is just as important. It's still, about playing a ranked. It's team. still an opponent. You're playing an opponent. It's just as important, and you got to be. Got to show up. There, are, there are times when you can see a team that's not ready to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it just happens, and you can see the focus level on kids. It happens in every single sport. When you look around a locker room or a dugout before, before a game, you can see if kids are locked in and ready to go, or, or if they're not. Yeah. It just seems to be more apparent at the college level, particularly in basketball, when you can the, see a ga- when you can see a game teams. every night. It happens to ranked teams right. every single night, and but we don't see that on TV though. Right, 
coaches see it in the locker room and the coaches can see it. You know, I can see it during warmups. Sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, we're not ready to play today. Yeah, we need to that well, that was the Cal Ripken, That was the Cal Ripken Jr. quote. Was the I can tell which team is going to win this contest based on the way they warm up. Yep, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I've never heard that before, actually. But oh, I really? completely agree with that. There you go. Maybe it's uh, Sean cracking coaching eggs and knowledge this uh, this week. One quick thing about about I saw it at the you know during the Mason game. Mason Mason gets dump trucked by Houston. I mean, just smashed. It was awful, and that was by forty points. However, there was there was the old Houston goes to dunk and then hangs on the rim. And that's a technical foul in college basketball. And it's just so miserable as a fan of the other team. It's like we get free throws because the other team was showing off. And so it's like, uh, it's like almost like, oh, you, you get a shot too, little guys. Here you go. You get your baskets for those big bad bullies over there showing you up. But I just don't know why. And maybe maybe there's an actual reason to this. Why is it a technical in college and not in the NBA? It's showboating. It's amateurism. I think. I, I I don't know. I don't know the exact rules specification, but I just think it's showboating, and they want to crack it down on more on. Yeah. I mean, the NBA is a show. I mean, they want to sell tickets, get butts and seats, and yeah. have people watch it on TV. It's just the NCAA even- doesn't. I mean, they care about that a lot, and that's kind of going unsaid, but. You know, really, the ultimate goal of the NCAA is student athletes. Right. That's what they're driven by, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just you feel like the kid with lice in school when that happens to you. When when another school dunks on you, and then you get you get two shots. Well, you take what you can get. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I really do. Um, but you know, you take what you can get, and you move on. You know, it's not. It shouldn't be hurt feelings or anything like that. You're not going to boohoo yourself because. You get two free throws. You should be more mad that you're down a certain amount that teams are dunking on. Right, and then so they're the dunking on you. That's what I'm saying. That's not how he gets two points. Well, it's like, yeah, the the, this is what they think of you. How the heck did he just dunk on us? Right well, they, well, and they're willing to give. They very well know that that's a technical foul. They're willing to give up, but that's how much they disrespect you guys. They'll just technical foul, and they don't. They don't care because that should be an actual pun. A technical foul should be a punishment. And there, it's like, yeah, we'll take it. It's yeah, it's it's embarrassing. I was just curious. Same thing with a with a celebration in the NFL. That's right. When a guy scores a touchdown, you know he does a little dance and he takes a fifteen yard penalty and he's like he laughs it off. Mm. You know, because I would take that fifteen yards over a touchdown. Sure, and I would take a huge dunk over two mill free throws. Right. It's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 It just as a yeah just cool. leaves, a, leaves a bad taste cool. in your mouth. Anything else about college basketball? Nothing else about college basketball. Let's move on. Not much to say about the NBA right now, or not much to say about the Washington Wizards. However, we do have to highlight, I suppose, or or maybe just give a give a little bit of a shout out if he's listening, but he's not. Um, Bradley Beal had a had a career night, forty two points, which is pretty cool against the Suns, and they even cooler they ended up winning. But the whole story of that game was focusing on one guy, one standout guy, still on a mediocre team, which it reminded me of this column that I read uh, earlier in the week in the Washington Times. Tom Lavero, great columnist, 
also hosts a podcast, um, but's on the radio a bunch of times, and he's been a reporter for years. Awesome, Colin, about the Nationals and just Washington sports in general. But what stuck out to me was the Nationals and all of the individual awards that they've won the past couple of years. Cy Young MVP. We, we just have the, we had the Cy Young this year with Scherzer. We had the MVP last year with Bryce Harper. We and he was rookie of the year in 2012. We have two silver sluggers. The Nationals are bringing in these individual awards. So it doesn't add up as to why they're not getting titles or even moving forward into the into I don't feel the good championship. About it. I don't feel good about it. I mean, gr- great for Max Scherzer. We paid we paid for what we got, and he's been great, and he's been a great guy, a great locker room guy. Yeah. As do a you fan, feel you any better about him being a Cy Young than if he would have lost? I do not, but just because that was pointed out in the column, he was simply highlighting the fact that Washington's had these amazing standout players. So then where the heck are the championships, something that can be enjoyed as a fan? I mean, that's incredible. It's incredible to watch, but then – we want to go all the way. So an individual awards, according to fans, who cares? And it just it just doesn't add sure. up. Something doesn't seem right. Um, Get these individual think, awards do something. I don't think it's that. I think it's the way the ball bounces sometimes. The way I mean, we've talked about that weeks ago when when the Nationals had just lost. If the ball bounces six inches the other way, you know, or in the NLCS against the Cubs and who knows what happens. So, you know, you see what I'm saying? That's just sports. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's thousands. It's thousands of those little tiny moments add up over the years so or saying, add up over so a season. Back to your original point, you're saying we have good players in John Wall and Bradley Beal. You know, we have a good we have foundation. In, we have individual wizards. performers who just something is wrong and they can't figure it out as a team to go – Far. I mean, we've had the Caps and the Nats in the playoffs several times over the past couple of years. We have these standout performances, like le- like Hall of Famers. Yeah. What's going on? You don't have a title to be able to attach to your name. It's just upsetting to see. And I wanted to point it out. Maybe something, you know, maybe the chips will fall and something will be connected here. You know, hopefully maybe sometime this season. I mean, look what we got going <laughs> on now. We Certainly not the Wizards, but look at the skins going. And, where are the Capitals look, going? The, the, the Caps have run into Caps run into a couple issues. They have their top scorer, TJ Oshie. He's he's out. He's week to week. And I just realized now, Scott, that, you know, they call ice hockey the, the toughest sport and, you know, the tough guys, whatever. That's the sport for tough guys. Flopping has now come to ice hockey. Oh, wow. I didn't uh, know that. Sunday. It was the it was the Capitals game, um, Capitals versus Columbus Blue Jackets. They ended up losing three two, and that Blue Jacket goal came on a power play, in which Backstrom got called for high sticking on the Blue Jacket forward. His it looked like for, in fast motion his stick came up and then popped the uh, Blue Jacket forward right in the face in the face. They slowed it down, zero contact whatsoever, zero contact. So the forward just flew his head back in order to draw the penalty, and then Baxter has to go sit in the box. It's a power play. The Columbus Blue Jackets now score the third goal. They end up winning. I never thought we'd see it, but 
now flopping is in ice hockey. Let's just thank God that it's not as pre- it's not as prevalent as it is in the NBA, in the soccer, even in the NFL. It's pretty prevalent. Oh yeah, the, ki- the kickers, crazy. the kickers, and quarterbacks kickers are and, taught to oh, yeah. let's draw the roughing the passer and roughing the kicker. But they sell it. But it's never it's been a problem st- in hockey. It starts that's here. Why it's, it's and that know. and that it's it, not as noticeable. That, you think of them as these tough yeah, gods. But but then not only is it whatever you want to call it disrespectful. It that's the game right there. Right. That's where the that's where the goal comes from. So we'll see how the Capitals do with with Oshie being uh, being week to week. Other than that, before we move on to weekend appetizer. I would like to highlight some odd some odd sporting news. There is now a Quidditch league in England, like that fantasy sport where you fly around on. Brooms. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Like a professional, it's called the QL QL per, Q, P, professional Quidditch league PQL. It's like a thing. They run around with brooms in between their legs, and it's happening. They have a team at George Mason. Yeah, yeah. but it's on a club level. I'm talking about this is now oh, a professional they get paid thing. For it? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, the that's the, it's happening. Next thing is this is gonna turn into lacrosse. 2016. Well, they're a professional. <laughs> they're a professional exactly. Lacrosse. Okay, dude of the week. Dude of the week. I went ahead and I. I dude, I had no dude of the week. We had nobody in the history of this world. Do All athletes were horrible people, <laughs> human beings. I found one, and this pains me. Probably to say, wasn't even that big of a deal. This pains me to say, as a Redskins fan, really, especially the day before Thanksgiving, Dak Prescott. Oh boy, camera got him last week's game. He throws like a Gatorade cup into the garbage can behind him, hits off the garbage can. He walks over from the bench, picks it up, puts it in the trash. How many players? No, Scott, it's a big deal. How many players have you seen? Never, never in my life. Oh, Scott, there's no such thing as a little thing. And I think that's a reason why Dak Prescott, and again, Good. You know what? That's a good one. I'll, I'll give you not that. Not bad, right? I I'll mean, give you that. Not, one. You, you know, due to the week, NFL the- wife beaters and all that. Like picking up a plastic, picking up a plastic cup from the ground instead of somebody else doing it. Have you seen? Good for Dak Prescott. Have you seen the ground of a big league dugout? Oh, it's after the game? yeah. It's just it's everywhere. It's disgusting. Yeah, someone else will pick it up. It's a mentality. It's a spoiled mentality, and those may, maybe the, those guys have earned it. They're the best in the world, but it's cool. Again, it's it's not tr- you know we'd like to see due to the week actually someone you know doing do this, something real, <laughs> something just not of you, but, helping orphaned African children. Sometimes with athletes, you don't see that. And no, that's a good one for for in a week that it was hard to hard to come by. That's a that's an okay one. Yeah, and you got to tell you know got to tell baseball due to the week. There you go. Congrats. All right, let's roll into weekend appetizer, man. Weekend uh, app. It's good to be good to be back together. You know, a little little breakfast at Tiffany's rolling. And yeah, that's it. Things are going. Thanksgiving at Tiffany's. So tomorrow. we got Turkey Day. I think that's the biggest thing. I know it's not the weekend, uh, but it basically is the weekend. Right. It should count. It's turkey Day. It should count. Um, good old Turkey Day. We have two big games. Well, three. I'm sorry, three big games. Mm. No disrespect. We've already we have talked about the Redskins. One big game tomorrow. We've already talked yes. about the, the Redskins in Dallas. We have the Vikings at Lions. Yeah. Or the, or the Lions get a win on Turkey Day. I always like seeing them lose, but 
Uh, Vikings but broke a four-game losing streak while the Lions beat the Jags last week. Um, big Thanksgiving. The first place um, gets the or the winner gets the first place game in the NFC North. Um, the other game, which I think is more interesting, is Steelers and Colts. Um, Andrew Luck might be sidelined. So mm-hmm. That's big. You know who his replacement is? Give it to me. Scott Tolson. Scott Tolson. Tolson. Out of Wisconsin. He's a, he's a household name. <laughs> Dude, I love these kind of guys. He's throwing one touchdown pass in his career in 2013. Um, he has like 700 yards in his career. Where was he in 2013? Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers. He started two games in his career. Um, so he's a six-year man. He's a little older. Out of Wisconsin. You know, good for him. Good for guys like these guys. I yeah. root for guys like that. Absolutely. I would definitely root for him over the over the Steelers. For sure. Um, what uh, that's it for Turkey Day, and then the rest of the NFL. Nobody watches on Sunday after Turkey Day. Yeah. So everybody's got their film. Exactly. On Thursday. However, that leaves room for some other things in sports, especially George Mason basketball playing James Madison, a very old school. Well, not an old school, but for when we were there, that was the that was the rivalry back when they were in the. In the, uh, CAA. in the CAA, and it's awesome seeing it's awesome seeing Mason beat Madison, and then doing the old '66 West, '81 South chant. That was those were some special times. It was good when we were beating them. We beat we have a really good record in the past 15 games with them. Um, it's been it's been sad to see the last two, I think. Yeah, um, but we'll, we'll get them this year. We'll see. It's exciting. It's and it's very appropriate too for rivalry rivalry week. Very appropriate. My last thing, obviously have to mention these guys because we haven't mentioned them at all this episode. The Navy Midshipmen, they just secured a spot in the American Athletic Conference Championship over the weekend. And they have SMU this weekend. And if they beat SMU, that means they secure home field for the championship. Very exciting. Very exciting to see that. So we have to watch that to see if they can secure home field. And that would only give them one week off. In between the championship, go and, Army, beat Navy, and Army, and Coach Niemontalolo already said, you know, we planned on this, so yeah, we don't really care that it's one shorter week. This is this is how it's going to be. This is what this is what we're this is what we're ready for. We beat want that Navy. championship. Awesome coaching mentality. Happy Thanksgiving, Scott. It's good to be yeah. back. Be the, let's be the first ones. I didn't know they're listening to after Thanksgiving. You know, that's okay. Is what it is. Happy Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of turkey. Drink a lot of beer, and have a good day. That's right. And uh, that'll do it for us. This has been Perpetual Sports Talk, Episode Eleven. My name is Sean, and I'm Scott.